Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our weekday email devotional. We call it Unpack This. And also, if you haven't subscribed to the Unpacking It podcast, make sure you do so. And we appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with, with your friends and family and, and on social media. And, and so really appreciate the support there. We have got a really fun conversation for you today. It's with Carson Tinker. He's a former NFL long snapper. And even as I say former, it doesn't mean that he's former forever. He's out of the league right now, trying to get back in. And that whole journey is an interesting one. And so we're going to ask him about that because, you know, not only do guys, you know, retire from the NFL and they kind of know when their time is up, some guys are forced out of the league due to injuries. And so for Carson, last two seasons, injuries. And and actually, so he did not play in 2019, but the, the previous two seasons before that, he did deal with injuries. And so, you know, trying to get healthy, trying to get another opportunity. And, and I bring this up to him. You know, the, the fact that there are only 32 long snappers in the NFL, like they don't go three deep. They really don't even have backups on their roster. And so if they if a starter does go down, they have to get a guy off the street like they have to get a free agent. So here Carson Tinker is he's waiting for his shot. And basically, in order for him to get his shot, many times it means the starter has to get injured or, you know, really poor play. But oftentimes, once a team finds their long snapper, they try to stick with them as long as they can to get that continuity and that the trust is there. And it's just a fascinating position. So we'll talk about that with him and then his faith journey. And, and then also, he won three BCS national championships while at Alabama. And, and his story is incredible. He, he actually wrote a book called A Season to Remember, Faith in the Midst of the Storm. And, and I don't know if you remember the, the tornadoes that took place in Tuscaloosa, but Carson lost his girlfriend in those tornadoes and, and so went through you know a lot during that time while he's in college. Uh, he has since married and, and has a child, and uh, so we'll ask him about fatherhood as well. Uh, but just wanted to give you that kind of as the backdrop as you listen to him. You, you'll know part of his story, and, and again, you can check out his book, A Season to Remember, Faith in the Midst of the Storm. And I actually had him on unpacking it while he was promoting that book, and that was uh, maybe five years ago. Anyway, I didn't bring all that up today uh, in, in a big way, so uh, we'll allude to it a little bit. But anyway, it's a great interview, really cool guy, fun conversation, talk about Sesame Street and <laughs> Kobe Bryant, Coach Saban, 
and and everything he's up to now. Stick around at the end of the conversation. I'll give you my big takeaway from the interview, and I hope you enjoy. This is Carson Tinker on the Unpacking It podcast. And before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need health insurance? We'll get quotes for individual health insurance plans at healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Also, make sure you check out our other podcasts on the feed. Uh, We've got the Audible Minute presented by Paradigm 360 Coaching and Consulting. We've also got recent interviews with Clark Kellogg, uh, the CEO of Promise Keepers. So a lot of great content. Check it out on the Unpacking It podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Now we jump in. Here is Carson Tinker. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us once again on Unpacking It is Carson Tinker. Carson, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, Bryce, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure. All right. Well, we're, we're fired up to, to catch up with you and, and hear what life is like after the NFL. And, and we'll also reflect on your, your NFL career and your college career and, and, and a lot to, to get to today. Uh, but, I, but I guess first up, uh, I, I understand that you're now working in Houston, living in, in Houston, following your, your NFL career. So how did that come about, and, and, and how is life going post-NFL? Uh, yeah, so well, I, I'm still training, um, you know, still waiting for an opportunity. You know, if I get a phone call, I am, you know, without a doubt going to, you know, keep trying to do this. But uh, – yeah, in the meantime, I, I couldn't just sit around the house and do nothing. So uh, I was in Jacksonville. I got released uh, from the Jags in March. And uh, my wife is from Houston. Uh, we have a little two-year-old son now, and, you know, she's got a lot of family out here. So we figured that we would, you know, kind of move to Houston and uh, kind of fill out this transition or, you know, that would be a good stopping point. In the meantime, I had a great connection with a, uh, a sports marketing uh, agency here in Houston. Uh, so I, I kind of, uh, <clears throat> just asked if, if I could intern up there mm. and, uh, I had an internship for a while and they offered me a full-time position, you know, so I, I took that and, uh, man, I'm loving it. You know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll always miss football. Football has a, a, a very special place, you know, in my heart and it's something that I'll always be passionate about, but, uh, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, seeing what else is out there. Uh, kind of sports marketing is is what I went to college for. Oh, nice! So it's uh it's it, it's it's a lot of fun to be doing this. I'm having a lot of fun and uh, meeting a lot of really cool people. Wow, that's awesome! Well, I want to hear more about that, but but I guess I'm curious, just kind of this unique spot that you're in. So you play you know six years in the NFL and and dealt with injuries your your last two years, and so you, you find yourself re- released from from Jacksonville, yet you still want to play. So so take me into the, the mindset and even the, the you know the, the practicality of what that looks like for you to try to get back in while also you know looking at your your next career because that you know it's just a unique spot you're 30 some years old and this is where you find yourself yeah it's, it's tough and uh you mentioned practicality uh, uh I'm sure that it's one of the most least practical things I could be doing right now 
Um, I, I wake up really early in the morning and work out and snap. Uh, thank goodness I, I got a buddy here in Houston that'll, you know, catch my snaps. Oh, and nice. we're out there, you know, snapping at, at 5.45 in the morning, and it's dark. And sometimes I hit him right in the chest because he can't see the ball. Uh, and so <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not practical. Um, but uh, you know what? Uh, it, it's life, man. You know, just how there's a lot of unanswered questions out there for a lot of people. Um, you know, there, there's a, a lot of things that I'm trying to figure out right now as well. And I, I'm just trying to, you know, make the best of, of everything that I got going on right now. Um, control the things I can control. That That's one of the things that I keep having to tell myself. You know, I, I can't control, you know, <clears throat> what teams, you know, choose which snapper or this or that. Um, there's a lot of things out there that uh, that are uncontrollable to me, but I can't control, you know, that I'm ready for when I do get a phone call. And uh, I can't control – I mean, I wouldn't say the future. You know, we can't control the future, but I can't control – you know, that if football is over, that I, I maximize my opportunities everywhere else that I can. That That's awesome, though. What a good perspective. And, and I think for the, the average football fan, they don't necessarily even understand how the the position of long snapper works and just the, the reality that there are only 32 NFL long snappers. It's not like there's backups and, and that kind of thing. You're not three deep or, or anything like that. And so it's a really tough job to get to keep and you've got new guys coming in every year what, what can you kind of explain to you know the, the the guys listening today as far as what it takes to you know separate yourself and and to, to even get noticed even at this point where you've got you know six years of experience in the NFL and, and the relationships and all that sort of thing but you've got to get that specific time you've got to get that right opportunity there's a lot to it isn't there yeah definitely um I think there's kind of two things that, that it takes. You have to be good, right? You have to be a good enough snapper uh, to play in the NFL. And what, what I believe that it, it is good enough for a snapper is it takes three things. Uh, you got to be able to snap the ball, right? So they're looking for a snap that's under 0.8 seconds mm. and pretty much hits the, bun, hits the punter in the belt every time. Uh, so, so my snaps were between like 0.67 and 0.72 seconds. Uh, that's 15 yards. Um, I, I'm sure I lost a lot of people right there, but just bear with me. I'll, I'll come back. Um, so I was averaging, you know, between 0.67, 0.72. There's definitely guys that can snap the ball faster than me. I was not the fastest snapper. But uh, so if, if the punter was punting right, uh, I would put it on his right hip. If the punter was punting left, I would put it on his left hip. Uh, so, so that's something that I took a lot of pride in. So you, you got to be able to snap. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is you got to be able to block. That's the biggest difference in in college and in playing in the NFL in terms of long snapping is is that there's a few teams that still block where the snapper has to block, but uh, in the NFL every every team you have to be able to have a snapper that can block. Mm. Um, and 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 we're we're talking about blocking you know big guys. Um, it's kind of according to what, what kind of scheme uh, the defense runs uh, of the team that you're playing. But, uh, you know, say a lot of guys are running like a 3-4 scheme where they have four linebackers and, and one of them plays, you know, with his hand in the dirt. Uh, that, that's the guy that you're going to be blocking. Um, it's usually, you know, a, a 6-4, you know, 265, you know, type of guy that runs about a 4-7, 4-8. So, I mean, I mean these, are, these are super athletic guys. Thank goodness, you know, the, the guard has given us some hand help, but it's still, you know, a really tough position to be in mm. to have to snap that ball with, you know, the precision and the accuracy and then get up and, 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 you know, get in front of a guy that's running full speed. 
so that that's two things. And then kind of the third thing, which is a bonus, is uh, being able to cover. Mm. Um, you know, running downfield, uh, you know, b- being able to, to make a tackle if you have to. And, I mean, there's a lot of snappers out there. I wouldn't say a lot. There's a few snappers out there that are, are really good in coverage. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's nothing like Zach Diossi for the New York Giants, who's played forever. That's kind of what he's hung his hat on. Um, is, is being able to, to get downfield and, and, you know, be an asset in coverage. Back to my original point, it, it takes two things to, to snap in the NFL. One, you got to be good enough. And then number two, I, I think you got to be a little lucky. Um, you know, there's always uh, some guys play, you know, 15, 16 years in the NFL. And, you know, some guys, they only make it one or two years as a snapper. Uh, so <clears throat> there's always – I feel like there's always guys that are good enough to play but it, it's just finding that right, you know, hole at the right time, you know, for, for the right team to, to get, it, get get your foot in the door. Um, there's been a lot of snappers that have been good enough that have, have kind of had to wait their turn for two or three years to get in the NFL. Reed Ferguson with the Buffalo Bills, he comes to mind. He's a great guy. Uh, snapped at LSU, great snapper. But uh, uh, he, he had to sit out, you know, one or two years and, and keep grinding and keep working and, and just wait for his opportunity, and you know, thank goodness it finally came for him. Uh, and, and he's snapping with Buffalo now. He was a uh, he was a special key, special teams captain last year, mm. so he had the C on his chest. You know, you got you got to pull for the snappers that got the C on their chest. So I, I'm really uh, I'm really uh, happy for him. And um, and and uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's what I'm getting at. I'm kind of rambling now. No, but. that's all right. Yeah, no, I, I I just think it's a really interesting position and. You know, sometimes overlooked by by fans, and it's one of those positions too where you basically have to be perfect on every play, which is just a, a crazy thing. Where quarterbacks throw interceptions here or there, whatever. Long snappers, you're expected to to really get it done every single time you're out there. Um, so I always, uh, yeah, I'm always kind of drawn to the long snapper. So love love having you on the show, and um, and so. Let, let's kind of really unpack the last couple of years for you, especially from a, a faith perspective, because, you know, the last two years in the NFL, you deal with injuries and injuries are always hard. And so and, and now you find yourself, you know, still fighting to get back into the NFL. So what has the, the, these last few years done to your faith as far as growing your faith, challenging your faith? What, what has it done for, for you personally? I mean, all the above, right? Um, so I guess two years ago, this was uh, 2018 season. It was when the Jags went to the uh, AFC Championship game. Yeah, uh, I, I tore my I tore my ACL and tore both my meniscus the tenth day of training camp. So I mean, right at the the end of August, uh, tore my ACL. I was going to be out for the whole year, right? Um, I was I was very fortunate um, throughout my whole career, my whole football career, college, high school, NFL. Um, I've I've never had any any serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like uh, you know you hear about guys that are you know injury prone or prone to get injured. I, I felt like I was prone to not get injured. I thought that uh, that I had you know something wrong with me where I I, I was not going to get hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I played. You know I used that to my advantage. I, I played all out. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that training camp, uh, I, I tore my ACL and I was out for the year. And uh, it, it, it really – I was really devastated, right? Um, you know, <clears throat> playing – I've always been, you know, uh, really strong in my faith. But playing 
you know, throughout college and through the NFL for, I mean, this was my fifth year in the NFL. I, I don't know what the right, right word is, but I, I, I was fully like identified as a football player. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was my identity and I, and I knew I was wrong, but I, I didn't think that it was, it was as bad as it had gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but I had, I had fully identified myself as a football player. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if you want to say that God gave me this injury or, or how you want to put it that way, but that, that that's one of the things that God really revealed to me is that, well, if I don't have football, like who am I, you mm. know? And that's one of the things that I really uh, struggled with. So I was able to lean, you know, lean right into God and, and, and have my identity, you know, in my faith and, and who he is and, and, and that relationship that I have with him. But it, it also uh, opened my eyes to the other things, you know, that life has to offer. I have, I mean, I have, I have a great wife. Mm. Um, so I, I was able to to really focus on you know my marriage and and being the best husband you know that I could be because uh, like you know I was on IR that year my my job for essentially a whole year was was rehab and and to get healthy oh. um so so I got to focus you know on my marriage I got to focus on my you know relationship with God and uh, let's see I tore my ACL in August. And in December, uh, my son was born. Aww. So I, I got to focus on, on being a dad. So it, it was just really interesting. You know, you're talking about perspective, kind of kind of the change of perspective, you know, that I, that I had where, you know, <clears throat> in August, I was 100% football player. You know, I had the uh, – and, and I know this is wrong. I don't want to, like, say that, that this is how, you know, your life should be. But I, I felt like that if, if I took care of football, everything else would kind of fall in place, right? Mm. And, and, and when that was taken away from me, I, I had a huge shift in, in how I viewed, you know, my life. Mm. Um, I, 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 I was able to, to put my focus and my attention back on, you know, the, the real priorities, you know, my, my relationship with, with God and my relationship with my family. I don't know. Uh, I know I'm rambling again, but, but that's, uh, that's excellent. That, that, that's what I found, I found to be more important than, than football. Right. Um, so I, I got healthy. The Jacks had a great year that year. You know, we, we lost to New England. Uh, I don't know, a couple of bad calls maybe. It, it could go either way according to who you ask. That's right. But uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go there. That, that's, that's, that's for right. another time, I guess. But uh, so I, I got healthy. And uh, I, I guess, like, the toughest thing about tearing your ACL is it's just uh, it's such a long process of getting healthy. I mean, it, it took me a full year to even be able to kind of get back on the football field. And even like a, a year after that, so I, I would say it took me a full two years to kind of feel normal. Right. Wow. wow. Um, like, like, like now I finally feel normal again. So going into that training camp uh, that they, they brought in another snapper who, again, uh, Andrew East, great guy, great snapper, but you know, he was just always fighting for his opportunity to get his foot in the door. Um, so, so they brought him in for competition and, um, I guess I, I'm thankful that I was able to beat him out. I'm sure he would have a different story. I doubt he, he's, he's thankful for that. But uh, uh. so uh, I, I was able to make the team again. Um, and again, it, it was just a it, it was a grind, you know, doing the rehab and, and staying healthy. But my body just didn't feel, you know, all the way normal still. Um, and then the fifth game uh, of, of that year, there was the fifth game. We were at Kansas City. It was pouring rain. Uh, and, and for those that, that don't know, Kansas City is without a doubt the loudest stadium in the NFL. Oh, um, interesting. That, that or Seattle. Yeah, Kansas City and Seattle are both extremely loud. 
Uh, so, we, you know, we were playing. It was pouring down rain. Um, it, it, it was loud. So the first punt of the game, I snapped the ball. Uh, the guard next to me, you know, didn't hear the snap count. And uh, the, the guy that was holding up the guard uh, just, I mean, just smoked him. And they both just ran right into my, my same knee. And uh, and I got rolled up on and, and tore my meniscus uh, again. So it's oh. just, you know, one of those things that, that's unlucky. It, it is what it is. I tried to play through it. I finished the game, uh, and, I, and I tried to play through it. But uh, I just I, I couldn't run. Uh, it was it was hurting too bad. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I wish that that wouldn't have happened and, and I would still be playing. But, you know, yet, yet again, I mean, it, it, I've, just, I've been able to grow more in my relationship with Christ and more in my relationship with my family and my kid. And I, I, honestly, I wouldn't change anything, you know? Wow. No, that, that says a lot. And, and so now that you're in, in this situation where you're, you know, waiting for that opportunity, waiting for the phone call, what are you learning specifically in this season? Because this season is different than the painful season of going through rehab and, and all of that, kind of missing out, knowing that you could be out there, but you're dealing with an injury. Finding the, the, the value in reconnecting you know, with the Lord and your, and your family and, and growing in, in those areas, which is awesome. So now this one, it's, it's a little bit different. And, and, and what do you find uh, is kind of the theme uh, right now for you? If if anybody knows anything about me, you know that uh, Dr. Kevin Elko is a huge mentor of mine. And one thing that he always says is, "Be where your feet are." Mm. I, I think that I, I think that that's kind of the the main you know point of emphasis for me right now. Is <clears throat> it would be really easy to 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 look at you know my life you know three or four years ago and what I had then and and keep trying to chase that. But I, I'm I'm really excited about the opportunities that I have now. Um, I, I'm really excited that you know I, I get to hug and kiss you know my son every single day and spend you know great quality time with him. Um, I, I'm I'm excited that you know I get to wake up with my wife every morning and eat breakfast with her. Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of positive things that that are going on in my life right now. That if I was focused on you know. The, the negativity or, you know, chasing something else that, that I would, you know, completely miss out on. Mm. So I, I think that, that that is, uh, and granted, like, I feel like you never know, you know, the full lesson of, of what God's trying to teach you until after the fact. Right. True. True. Um, if you ask me a year from now, you know, what, what, what season, you know, what, what lessons am I learning in this season? Uh, I might say something totally different, but, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 right now, I mean, just you know, being where my feet are, and you know, just not not taking the things that I have for granted right now, uh, is is really huge for me. That that's encouraging. I think that's good for for everyone to hear today because there's always something that we want a little bit different, or we're we're chasing after something and waiting for something or hoping for something, and and to really embrace where we're at. And you know, it's sometimes it's easy to say, and it's really, really hard to do. Because I, uh, I, I, I can relate to it, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, so appreciate you, you sharing all that, and, and, and you, you, you mentioned when you look back at a season, then you can reflect, and you'll, you'll kind of have, you know, a better understanding of what God really taught you through that. I'm curious because the, the last time we talked, we, we talked about the, the book that you wrote, and, and talked about your whole journey with that and the book is called a season to remember faith in the midst of the storm 
And I'm curious, all, you know, all these years later, what impact did that book have on on people and and how glad are you that you wrote that book? And, and was there a part of you that maybe you didn't wish you wrote that book and, and have to share what you did and and that kind of thing? Just what what are your emotions and thoughts in regards to sharing that story and, and, and all that kind of came from that? Yeah, definitely. So um, it was it was not easy to write that book. It, it, it goes into a lot of, you know, intimate details uh, about my life and, and how I felt during that time. But, I mean, even, God, what was that, seven, eight years ago now, th- there's never been anything that, that I regret about writing that book. I've, I've got nothing but, you know, positive feedback from that book. And it's just, I mean, it, it's really cool to see, you know, the impact that, that, that I've, I've, or the, the book has been able to have and how many people have reached out to me uh, you know, and just saying that, that it was such an encouragement to them. Uh, I'm, I'm really, you know, fortunate that I was, I was able to do that. Um, a, a couple of things, you know, aligned in the right way that I, I never thought, you know, that I would be able to do. Yeah. In, in terms of the book, I got nothing but positive things to say, you know, it, it was really difficult to write and it, it was, it was very hard at times, but, uh, man, I, I'm just so fortunate that, that I was able to do that. And it is just awesome to see, uh, you know, the impact that, that people have had, um, you know, I, I've, I've met people in Houston now and, uh, they, they, they found out that, I mean, these people didn't know me, you know, at all. And they found out that I read, that I wrote a book and, uh, that they get a hold of it and read it. And they're just like, wow. You know, mm. um, I, I went to this, uh, there's a really cool group in Austin, Texas, uh, that I go to, uh, it, it's on Saturdays. I, I'm able to go every once in a while and it's a sprint group. Hmm. and they just go out there and it's just like a community you know vibe it's free and they just go to a park and they just run sprints huh uh it sounds miserable but it's actually <laughs> like a, a really cool deal yeah um so if you're ever in austin uh i don't know the name of the park but uh to try to find it it's a it's an awesome sprint group it, it's led by uh a, a couple of really good guys and it's just a great community out there uh but uh i, I had a book in my truck and uh one of the guys that that uh that leads the the group had actually just torn his ACL. Oh man. Um, and like at the beginning of every class, they, they kind of have like a theme and, and this theme was, um, like talk about a point in your life that you thought was going to be negative, but you overcame adversity and it, and it made you, you know, a better person. Mm. And I, I immediately, you know, I was like, man, I wrote a book about that, you know? Wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't say that, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, spoke up and I mean, it was, it was a really cool, like I said, you know, community vibe, but, uh, afterwards, uh, I, I you know, told him who I was and, and I, I told him that I, you know, just tore my ACL too. And, uh, so, side note, it's just crazy kind of the impact that, that you can have on people with like a common bond, you know, yeah. um, things that you thought were so negative. There's a lot of people out there that are, you know, going through the same thing that you can encourage. And, and that, that, that negativity gives you the, the common bond, right? The adversity, it gives you the uh, authority to, to talk to them. So I, awesome. I told him what I was, told him I tore, you know, tore my ACL, and uh, I, I had a book in my truck, and I, I gave him a book, and I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, hopefully you, know, you get a chance to read this and you're able to pull you know, a couple nuggets out of it that will stick with you. And uh, <clears throat> I went back to the class probably a month later, and dude, it, 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 just the impact that that book was able to have on him. Uh, I mean, and, and this is, you know, years later, it, I, I just, I think that that's so cool. He, he said that the main takeaway that he had was, you know, not focusing on himself, but how he could, 
you know, have an impact on others and, you know, be a blessing to other people. And uh, he, he said that, that that's helped him, you know, just tremendously. So, I mean, I got countless stories like that. So it, it's just really cool to, to, to know that my story can affect other people as they affect other people, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. No, that's so encouraging. And, and all of us have our own story. All of us have the challenges that we've been through and, and difficult seasons that, that can then bless others down the line. And, uh, and then those people bless others, and it's, it's an incredible thing. So, uh, yeah, appreciate you sharing that and appreciate you writing that book. And, and awesome to hear that it's still still living on and, and having an impact on people. It's, uh, it's encouraging to hear. Yeah. Well, well, man, uh, we'll, we'll lighten it up a little bit and uh, just checking out your, your social media a little bit and, and people can follow you on Twitter, Carson Tink. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I want to hear about you being a dad, but, but first up, uh, I saw you post on Twitter that you, you went to a, a Sesame Street event and you ended up, <laughs> you ended up getting big-timed by one of the characters. Tell me the story because it sounds hilarious. Yeah, so we, we took our two-year-old to Sesame Street Live. Uh, we told him it was Elmo's birthday party, so he was, like, super <laughs> fired up. Um, and my wife and I were talking. I mean, because this is like a uh, like national tour, you know, show. I mean, they're pretty much like a rock band, but they're Sesame Street characters. Yep. And my, my wife and I were talking, you know, what, what do you think it's like being one of these performers, like, you know, because they, they probably, you know, go to different restaurants and, you know, go out, you know, in the city and do you think they, like, tell people, you know, who they are and why they're there? You know, like, you know, you're at, like, a steakhouse or something, and you think they're telling people that, you know, they're the cookie monster? Or, <laughs> like, what, what are they doing? That's so <laughs> we, we, we had this conversation about it. And, uh, I mean, the, the show was great. Uh, I mean, you know, for Sesame Street, uh, I didn't grow up like a huge Sesame Street guy, but uh, it, was, it was a great show, fantastic. You know, uh, my son loved it. <clears throat> and then as we're leaving – there's this, uh, it was, it was like, uh, you know, like a black car, like a, like a black Tahoe, like, you know, Uber black or whatever, uh, dr- drops this guy off and he's got like, uh, you know, he looks like a, somebody that's in theater. He's got like a black suit, untucked button up shirt with like a, like a press pass, like a little badge. And I hear the driver say, uh, good luck on your show or, you know, have a good show or, or whatever. And so, I mean, it immediately registered that that guy is one of the characters, right? <laughs> and so I wanted to talk to this guy because I had all these questions about, you know, like, well, what's it like being a Sesame Street character? Because my <laughs> wife and I were, you know, we're talking about it. Uh, so uh, I, I asked him, I said, hey, hey man, are, are you in the show? And he didn't even look up, man. He just, he, and, and this is like, uh, I mean, he's probably five feet away. I mean, he, he obviously heard me. There was no one in the parking lot. You know, it was, it was you know, it, 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 I don't know. I was just trying to talk to him. Uh, and uh, he, uh, so he, he kept his head down. I was, like, I was like, hey, man, uh, are, are you one of the Sesame Street characters? Like, what's the deal? And he's like, uh, uh, n- no, no, I, I'm, in, uh, I'm in sanitation. And then, like, turned his head and, and just kept walking. <laughs> and I was just like, you got to be kidding me, man. I just got big time by a Sesame Street character. Oh, my gosh. That's great. I, I love that. A former NFL player getting big time by a Sesame Street character. <laughs> you can't write that. That's, it is what it is, man. Uh, that, that, that's really I was funny. Telling, I was telling some of my like parent friends about it and, and they tried to, you know, assure me that uh, it's probably under contract that they can't say who they are, you know, you know, cause they don't want to read it for the kids. They, they all tried to make me feel better, but 
you know, he, he, he big time me, man. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's funny though. That's, that's a good story. Thanks for sharing that. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, one other thing I, I noticed on, on Twitter and, and I, I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And, and so of course devastated by, by his loss and, and all that's been going on, uh, just in, in mem- remembering him. But I saw you post how, Coach Saban used to show Kobe videos before games while, while you were at Alabama and found that fascinating. So what, what, what was kind of the, the memory that you have of, of watching those videos and, and how did Saban kind of use those for motivation? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I didn't grow up like – I mean, I don't know. My favorite basketball player growing up when I was a kid was Shaquille O'Neal. Um, I actually named – we had, a, we had a, a, a lab and we named him Shaq when, when I was a kid. But I, I grew up playing baseball – uh, and, and then it went right into football. So I never really got into basketball. And uh, so I, I never really watched, you know, Kobe Bryant. And I mean, I don't even know who else would, would be playing at that time, honestly. Uh, that's how ignorant I am about <laughs> about early 90s, early 2000s basketball. But uh, we, we so we, we got to Alabama and or I got to Alabama. I mean, Saban, you know, if, if you know anything about Coach Saban, he's got this huge – he really believes in the, the mental approach, like the mental side to, to, to football, right? Mm. So th- there's a lot of people that, that you know, he would, would try to, to show us that we could emulate. And, um, I mean, you know, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, uh, you know, all of, you know, who, who people think are, are the greats, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, those guys. And, and Kobe Bryant is obviously, you know, w- one of those people that, uh, I mean, he's just, he's, he, he was so mentally tough. Um, you know, if, if there was a, a, a game-winning opportunity, he wanted the ball. You know, his, his work ethic was just, you know, unprecedented. And so, so that was kind of my first glimpse of, of, you know, who Kobe Bryant was and, and what he was about. And, and that's just one of those things that, you know, will always stick with me. Um, in, in terms of, you know, uh, you know, work ethic and, you know, consistency and, you know, just, just putting in the work every single day. And, you know, when that, when that big moment does come, you know, you can always rely on the hard work that you put in. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just, I mean, I mean, n- nothing but respect for, for, for Kobe Bryant and what, and what he was able to do. Yeah, no, th- thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Well, man, it's been uh, it's been great catching up with you. Hate has been so long, but but we'll definitely have to to do this again and and wish you the best. Whether you make it back into the NFL or you continue on this this new career in sports marketing and um and, and well, I guess actually real quick, what's it like being a a dad of a two year old son? How how much fun are you having as a dad? Man, it is the coolest thing ever. Um, you know, I I never really uh, was like a huge you know, toddler kind of guy, <laughs> dude, dude, I'm all in now. Uh, I mean, even other people's kids, I like playing with other people's kids, but, yep. uh, I mean, it, it, it's the coolest thing. His favorite song right now, his favorite song is paradise city by the guns and roses. Oh man. So like, he'll wake up in the morning <laughs> and, and he wants me to play paradise city on the, on the, on the speaker. Uh, he wants me to sing it to him at night. I mean, I just, I, I, I never thought that, that, you know, something could be so cool. Uh, it is, it's the coolest thing I've, I've ever done. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that, uh, that, that, I mean, God, God has blessed me with such a, a cool kid. That that's awesome. I, I've got a six month old daughter, so I'm, I'm new to fatherhood as well. And it is funny once you have your own kid, then you just kind of embrace kids all of a sudden. And so I'm like a better yeah. uncle now. And you're just, you're just more, uh, in tune with kids. Cause before that, I don't know, there's just a funny dynamic. So 
Um, that's exactly that, man. Because I got goes I got nieces and nephews, and I never wanted to have anything to do with them. <laughs> but since I had a kid, I mean, I'm like uncle of the uh, uncle of the year now, you know. So yeah, it's funny how that happens. Congrats on the six month old. Oh, I appreciate it, man. It's it's been a blast. So I'm I'm soaking it in and and loving loving being a dad. There's there's nothing like it. I feel like that's when it that's when it really starts getting cool. Is around six months. Uh, you know, when, when they start sleeping through the night every once in a while, and they start you know. <laughs> smiling and showing a little bit of personality so have fun man oh uh, i appreciate it yeah there's nothing better when i when i get home and she acknowledges that i'm home it's a it's a special moment yeah. so um man so yeah that, 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 that's when you're, you're out of the dark you're out of the darkness man you, you got the light now you're, you're able to uh, it, it's like worth it man you know like oh man having a kid is what everybody said it was you know exactly those first couple months are tough so you, you ease into yeah, it yeah. you're like man i don't know about this that's it <laughs> exactly so at least I'm, I'm glad i wasn't the only one that went through the, through that kind of thing so <laughs> Well, well, man, great catching up, and uh, and wish you the best, and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. And uh, thanks for for joining us today on the Unpacking It podcast. Man, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll I'll do this anytime you need me, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks, Carson. He's Carson Tinker right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. All right, Carson Tinker. I actually, I really liked his voice. I told him that afterward and, and asked him if he was going to get into broadcasting. Uh, apparently, that's not the direction he's going to go. But, but I, I enjoyed listening to him and, and hope you did as well. My, my big takeaway was the, the part about the season that he's in right now where he is waiting to get back into the NFL, waiting for the chance, for the opportunity, for the, the phone call. And it might never come. And the fact that he had six years in the NFL is awesome and, and had that opportunity already, but there's still a part of him that wants to get back. But at the same time, he's he's trying to, and it seems like for the most part, is embracing where he's at. And he is able to to be home with his son more. And, and he's, you know, kind of pursuing this this new career and has this new job as a as a marketing guy and 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 being able to be involved with sports marketing. And so at some point, he's going to have to be all in on his next career. Right now, he's, he's kind of still feeling out, all right, maybe I'll get back to the NFL while embracing what's next. And, and so when I hear that, I, I can relate in, in a lot of ways. And, and total transparency from, from me, I love what we're doing here at Unpacking It with this podcast, the devotional, the events. Uh, we've got the packs. We've, we've got the fantasy football book. We've got a lot going on. But I'm also sitting here in the studio looking across the room at the big whiteboard. And there are things that I'd like to see us do. There are dreams, there are goals, there are visions that, that we'd love to pursue. And we can't right now. We're waiting for the call. We're, we're waiting for the funding to come in. We're waiting for you to donate. But, but we're, we're waiting and, and trusting that God is going to provide and open up the doors and allow us to, to move forward in, in some of these different directions but for now, we have to embrace where we're at and the exciting opportunities right in front of us, what we're doing in this moment. And, and so I can either focus on you know, this, this awesome podcast that we just did with Carson Tinker or look up at the board and I've got 11 names of dream guests to be on this podcast. 
Well, I'm, I'm bummed we haven't been able to get my, my favorite NBA player on this show yet, David Robinson, even though his son played very well for Duke the other day. But, but I'd love to get David Robinson on this show. He hasn't been on yet, so I'm waiting. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that happens. Uh, but in the meantime, we enjoy the conversations that we have. And, and, and we've got a number of other you know, big, big dreams that, that we believe will, will happen over the next you know, years and decades, Lord willing, uh, that we do this podcast. But, but there are many things we're going to have to wait for. And so if you're listening today, there's probably something you're waiting for. You, you wish something was different in your life. But it's so cliche, and we just got to embrace and enjoy where we're at, the people we're with, what's going on today. And you know, I can't wait for little Maddie to, to start talking. But at the same time, I got to enjoy right now the, the little coos and the, the funny sounds that she's making and, and you know, the, the stage that we're in right now with her. And, and so for Carson Tinker, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, up in the air at the moment, but, but he has a lot to enjoy and soak in. And so I think that was a, a great conversation and a relatable point for me and I, and I know for you as well, regardless of where you're at kind of in life and waiting on something or hoping for something to change. And, and it's, it, it really comes down to the perspective and trusting God in the place we're at and, and, and loving him and thanking him for what we do have and, and what we are experiencing right now. I hope that is encouraging to you. And uh, thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast today. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. Always love the emails, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.